welcome back to the Average Hiker Podcast. I'm Em, and once again, we have a special guest. Remy's back. Hello. Welcome back, Remy. Thanks for having me back. I'm excited to be here. Woohoo. Uh, Remy's going to turn his phone on silent, <laughs> and then we'll get started. So I'll do a little bit of an intro about what we're talking about today. So um, Remy, you actually had the pretty awesome opportunity to live in Australia for a couple years? For or? a year. For a year? Yep. All right. And while you were there, you visited... New Zealand. Yeah, so that's what we're talking about today. I actually went twice while I was there. There you go. Awesome. And we're going to hear all about it. Um, So I'm curious to know, where did you fly into? Because I'm assuming that's Auckland, because that's the biggest spot, right? Well, Auckland's the furthest north in New Zealand, so it's the easiest to get to wherever you are in the world. Okay. Uh, But uh, from Australia, it's it's super cheap, and uh, we actually ended up... For our two-week trip, we ended up flying into Christchurch, New Zealand, which is on the South Island, mm-hmm. East Coast. Okay. Um, and the reason we went there is it was just it was cheaper. So the flight was cheaper, plus there was uh, better camper van availability. Awesome. So again, cheaper. Yeah. So um, what was the best way to travel around New Zealand, in your opinion? Because I know you love to do research. Yeah. So I'm sure you did a lot before you went. Yeah. Um, I mean, there's lots of great ways to do it. Um, I would recommend the camper van. Um, you know, I think for two weeks for the rental, it was $800 split between three people. Yeah. So it was not expensive at all. Um, the other one I would recommend is renting a car with a tent. So a lot of people do that as well. You just, you know, it's not as luxurious, I would say. Yeah. You don't have the cooking facilities and, you know. Right. Your fireside cooking. Yeah. Just having like pre-prepped meals. Yeah. Or you could bring your, your propane burner like two burner with you but yeah um so anyways those would be the cheapest ways to get around new zealand and one of the big reasons is the government has this great program uh that lets you use any of their government campsites and there's literally like 50 to 100 of them Hmm. and they're everywhere and uh, it's only 20 dollars a week per person Oh, that's so good, yeah. So it's literally the most affordable camping I've ever paid for, and it yeah. puts Canada to shame. Shame on you, Canada. <laughs> get better camping. $50 a day. Yeah, I Come know. on. It is pretty crazy. Get, get your together. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's pretty awesome, though. I can definitely see why camping in some fashion would be the cheapest way to get around New Zealand. Definitely. Sure. Um, all right. So, of course, we're on the Average Hiker Podcast. Tell us about some of the hikes that you did while you were there. Yeah, so here's, before I get into the hikes, I just want to give a good tidbit of information. Yeah. We were we were in New Zealand for two weeks. So that's one week for the South Island and one week for the North Island. It's not enough time. Okay. We spent most of the time driving. I was the driver, so I yeah. spent most of the time driving. I couldn't even look where we were going. <laughs> Uh, so, you know, instantly this, uh, limited the amount of hikes we could do. Mm-hmm. Uh, that being said, um, you know, we did, we did go on a few, mostly the shorter day hikes or hour hikes or stuff like that. Um, but, uh, we did take one day, a full day to properly go on the Tongariro Alpine crossing. Nice. Hike. And that was hands down one of the coolest hikes I've, I've ever done. I mean, for good reason, it's a double world heritage UNESCO site. Yep. And uh, you guys would probably know it as the Lord of the Rings Mount yes, Doom. <laughs> Mount Doom. I was going to say for any of the fellow Lord of the Rings nerds out there, yes, Remy hiked on Mount Doom. Actually, here's, <laughs> actually, I have to say I didn't actually hike Mount Doom. 
this is the thing that's kind of de- deceiving mm, about the hike okay. is the 20 it's it's 20 kilometers so be prepared to do it first thing in the morning i'm just going to dive right in with this yeah, hike because it was it. the best one yeah. um you there's prefer- preparation involved you need to get a campsite very close to the hike the night before um because basically the next morning you have to take a shuttle because the hike is not return it's one end to the other oh, 20 kilometers there's a parking lot okay. at each end okay. you can start at e- either end it doesn't matter yeah. but what you have to do is you have to pay it's a shuttle to come pick you up per after. person yeah. to basically you drop off your car at the end of the hike mm-hmm. and then they bring oh, then you they bring to you the to start the oh, yeah okay. yeah, yeah so you don't have to worry about them at the end of the day yeah um so basically with that then you start at 6 a.m. and it's 20 kilometers. If there's bad weather, you do not go. It literally says it if you, because it's an alpine condition, mm-hmm. the weather can change quickly. You can have hyperthermia. You can get lost. You can die. It's it's a serious hike. Mm-hmm. You need to be prepared with lots of water. You need to be fit and ready to hike 20 kilometers. Mm-hmm. And so going back to Mount Doom, this does not include Mount Doom. Mount Doom is a side trail. Mm-hmm. It's an extra three to four hours. Okay. And all you do in this in this side trail is you climb up Mount Doom, check out the crater, and you come de- back down, and then you're still at the halfway point of the hike. Right. So the main hike actually brings you along these awesome salt flats, and you work yeah. your way up, and Very then you, cool. you can see Mount Doom there, and you can see the people yeah. climbing up. Um, we chose not to do it. Yeah. Uh, I was with uh, two other ladies and they didn't feel comfortable and I don't blame them because it looked intense and it did look pretty dangerous even for my standards. Yeah. Lupin's eating something on the ground. <laughs> Remy's gone to investigate. And also, like we can say that it was your ex and her friend. Yeah. 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 So there you go. And in case anyone is wondering, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, this, this was five five years ago. Yes. Yeah. Yes, this was before we were dating. Unfortunately, because I would have loved to go to New Zealand. Yeah. <laughs> it's on the list. It is for sure. So okay, so there's salt flats. That sounds awesome. Yeah. So there's you get to look at Mount Doom. Yeah, and Mount Doom is right beside the salt flats. Very cool. And there's like you have to understand, like Mount Doom is like semi-active it actually mm-hmm. i'm pretty sure it was like in the 70s yeah the last time it erupted so pretty recent pretty recently so you actually see like where these bombs like landed there's massive craters and Very everything cool. and it, it was just it's such a cool environment and it's uh, uh because of the volcanic activity there's actually um another place that's very popular with pictures of tourists is the uh the blue the blue pools i think it's three it's three sulfur rich pools. Oh cool. That are basically because of the um, volcanic yeah. minerals that make it aqua very blue, cool. very photogenic, very dangerous. And it's funny because people go and us included, we stop for lunch and like it was like a beach. It was like yeah. a rocky beach and we were right beside the pools. Sulfur fumes though, yeah. probably. <laughs> yeah, but it you know, it wasn't that bad. It was pretty safe. Um but uh and you know and there's all sorts of other little side hikes you can do along especially along the peaks so i'm trying to picture what it looks like is it all like kind of rainforesty jungle forest stuff or is it a mix or is it all just kind of wasteland like what does it look like so driving up to um 
the hike, you actually are in jungle-like ferns, and it would be like Hawaii. Okay. Right? Hawaii-ish. Yeah. Very, very lush. Um, Once you get to Tongariro, the Tongariro Crossing, it's a wasteland. Wow. It is a complete wasteland. It's all volcanic rock. Yeah. A lot of it black, a lot of red, a lot of yellows, a lot of orange. And uh, as soon as you're on the hike, you can see uh, there's barely any vegetation. Crazy. Yeah. And this is, it's a large area. Yeah. If you can imagine hiking 20 kilometers. Yeah. It's probably... So it'd be a really long day for sure because you wouldn't have any protection from the oh, sun yeah. or the wind. Oh, yeah. No, that's one thing. You we definitely had... get hypothermia because there's no wind Absolutely. Protection. It was um, so want to prepare for that. midsummer and it was cold. It was freezing yeah. at night. Yeah. And then in the day it was super hot and we actually had forgotten our sunscreen. So we, we ended up uh, making friends with this, probably the nicest German guy I've ever met. And he was nice enough to, to lend us or give us some, some sunscreen. Awesome. So we were okay. And we made a friend too. So we were able to, we'd see him along the hike as we went and we'd chat. And nice. it was nice for me to have a guy friend. <laughs> <laughs> You're outnumbered. Yeah. Um, Very cool. Do you know anything geology wise? Do you think it's just because of the high sulfur contents? Because a lot of the time, um, volcanic rock is really, really fertile and makes for great farming somewhere like Hawaii, for instance, mm-hmm. where um, a lot of their land is just full of greenery. Do you think it's maybe the sulfur? That's all I can think of. I think what you said. the sulfur has something to do with it, especially when you get closer <laughs> to the main vents. Yeah. Um, however, I think the eruption itself obliterated everything Mm -hmm. and the fact that it's it's really high up like there's Mm -hmm. it's the highest point in the area it's very windblown yeah and you don't there might be a lot of yeah and it's dry there's not much water up there either right there's no lakes there's just lots of different factors yeah interesting yeah cool um okay so how long did it take you would you think to do the 20 kilometer straight shot so we started at 6 a.m and we got to the car, it must have been between 4 and 6 p.m. So it was almost, it was 10, at least 10 hours. Yeah. And, you know, we weren't slow. We weren't super fast, but we definitely weren't weren't, uh, weren't slow about mm-hmm. it. So, yeah, it, it's a long day. Like, most people, I think, can do it in eight. Um, but a lot of people, especially if you're not in shape, you can be stuck in the darkness going down. So, but, uh, I guess at the end of the hike, um, for the last, I'd say 20%, the last 20% of the hike, maybe the last four or five kilometers, mm-hmm. uh, you're winding back through into forest. So okay. it is pretty lush is forest. Coming down? It's coming down. Okay, yeah. And yeah. you're going back to the, the main parking lot. Right. So that zigzags and it's all downhill, yeah. uh, in, in basically into, um, yeah, into the lush forest. So there is that, and it's pretty close by. But yeah, it, it takes a while for you to get to yeah, to any sure. sort of vegetation. What's the daylight like? Because I know when we were in Iceland, we really had to plan our daylight because uh, mm-hmm. they had less daylight, at least for their winter. Uh, this was midsummer or mid to end of summer for them, so yeah. it would be the equivalent of like you know the sun going down at eight p.m. Okay, nine so p.m. You, you had a good amount of time. We had a good then? amount of time. That's yeah, good. Good we had plenty know. of time to to get it done, and the weather was was very favorable for us which was nice nice 
So we know for sure that if you're doing the Tongariro crossing, definitely bring water. Lots definitely bring of water. sunscreen. Yes. Um, good shoes. Really good shoes. Probably pants because yep. I imagine volcanic rocks, um, for anyone who doesn't know, are usually very sharp and can break your skin super easily. Yep. Um, so you'd probably want to wear really good shoes and really good pants to protect mm-hmm. your legs. Yeah, definitely pants. If you fall, you're going to tear yourself up yeah and layers like bring layers because throughout the day it's all dependent on the wind yeah like it could be cold and it could be hot in an instant so um you know and depending on which hikes you're doing if you're planning on going up mount Mount doom i would even recommend bringing uh picks so basically like the hiking Hiking slash hike not not just hiking poles but like an actual pickaxe those lightweight pickaxe yeah that you can put on are they allowed is that a park or no you're allowed it'd be for safety if you start sliding down because it is it did look that steep and it's all loose rubble Mm. when you're going up right yeah and even in the main tracks there were some spots where the tourists everyone was just sliding and i Mm -hmm. like i had to hold hold my ex so that she wouldn't fall Mm -hmm. because it, it was pretty tough to get around Lupin, stop trying to eat all the cords, buddy. You have a cord obsession and it's not healthy. And maybe a couple of snacks, like protein bars, something lightweight, you know, because mm-hmm. you are going to be bringing a lot with you. Yeah. Um, yeah, that would be my recommendations. Cool. First aid kit, stuff like that. Yep. Something like our little kit that we bring every time we go out. Mm-hmm. Stop eating cords, you little dummy. No more cuddling. Go lay down. <laughs> Oh, Lupin. I think he's so cute. All right. Um, I see on your list you have maybe a couple other hikes or... Uh, yeah, we did a couple more. Uh, that was our big hike that we did. And the best one, apparently. And the best one. <laughs> uh, but we also did um, one that I would recommend in um, southern on the South Island, uh, the Franz Joseph Glacier Hike. So that was really neat because it was pretty quick. It was about half hour to an hour uh, from from the parking. Uh, and, and it was just like an in and out? It was an in and out, yeah. Nice. And you started in the forest and then as you went into along the hike, you were into a glacial moraine. Very So cool. all the big glacial runoff, yeah. big river, yeah. the cobbles, yeah. uh, all that stuff. And then it brought you up to we'll say maybe 500 meters away from the main waterfall and then up in the mountain. Oh, wow. the, the glacier is actually up in the mountain. Nice. So you can't get on the glacier unless mm-hmm. you take private tours, mm-hmm. which they offered by helicopter. Oh, wow. So you can get up there. So like pretty remote. Then. Yeah. And actually, now that I think of it, they do not offer that anymore. It's too mm-hmm. dangerous because of how much melting. They mm-hmm. no longer offer these tours. So, uh, you, but you can always go see it and yeah you basically get 500 meters away you can take nice pictures it looks really cool um definitely recommend that one and you know it could be done in an hour or two return it's uh doesn't take long so i definitely recommend that one um did another one it was called the devil's bowl falls that was another short short one um and I forget, yeah, that, that's that's kind of like something I forget exactly where we were. I'd have eh, to look it up. It's five years. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, we did that one. Uh, what else? Yeah, mostly just small in and out stuff like that. Wherever we were driving, mostly. Uh, you know, South Island, we went to uh, Milford Sound. 
did the boat tour there kind of stuff and there's like little can you describe that a bit the boat tour or just milford sound milford sound is the nicest place i've ever been (laughs) so there you have it folks it is uh (laughs) part of the fjord lands and that goes straight to the southern ocean and uh all i can describe from it is towering absolutely towering uh mountains to both sides of you while you're on this boat tour um to the point where you can't even see where the mountain ends and these amazing waterfalls coming down from them and it's pretty great because the boat tour definitely worth it they bring you right up to these waterfalls and the front of the boat often gets wet from it so <laughs> that was part of my fun as i told i kind of edged the captain along say hey i'm going right to the front yeah. get me nice and wet and yeah. they, both times they got me <laughs> so that that was one fun. of the very exhilarating and uh, really cool so that that tour i definitely recommend milford sound in itself has uh some of the world's most popular multi-day hikes uh don't attempt them in the winter people die mm-hmm. from avalanches there it's a high avalanche area so these are to be attempted in the summer. Makes sense. Yep. Cool. Um, so are there any hikes that you kind of missed that you want to do next time? Absolutely, yeah. Tell um, me about them. Maybe one of those Milford Sound hikes. <laughs> yeah, well, the Milford Sound hike is the one. That one's the uh, called the Milford Track. And they suggest, I think, four days uh, backpacking to mm. do that one. So that was the one you don't do in winter right uh, actually when i was my first tour and this because i i the first time i went to new zealand was uh, by myself for a snowboard trip and uh, that was in winter and uh, that's when i took a bus tour just for the day because i had an off day to milford sound for the boat, boat tour so that was mm-hmm. my that was the second time i went and uh, when we were taking the tour the the bus driver said that someone had just passed mm-hmm. in an avalanche doing that hike in winter so anyway, so the Milford track's definitely on the list. It's beautiful. You basically get to see that whole area from the mountaintops. Yeah, and, and enjoy it for four days. Yeah, Up yeah. close, sounds great. Uh, another one that I'd really like to do, and this is a good day hike, is called Rory's Peak. It's in Wanaka, New Zealand. So again, the South Island, very close to Queenstown. And uh, Wanaka is a beautiful area. It's got what's called Lake Wanaka. So it's mm-hmm. a big freshwater lake uh, right next to the town. And it also has, a, in a, I would say, probably the best ski resort in New Zealand. Oh. Uh, it's called, oh boy, again, it's been so long. <sighs> okay, here we go. All right, so I'm back. <laughs> <laughs> so um, Wanaka is also known for their really nice ski hill. It's called Treble Cone. And that, again, is definitely top of your list especially if you like skiing and you're in the winter um so yeah so roy's peak is definitely on the list and it's very popular for instagrammers it's like a single person on this tiny peak overlooking all the mountains in lake wanaka um another one is the mueller hut route which is mount cook mount cook is another very popular area for hiking and has nice boardwalks um And then another one is the Kepler track. So there's there's a huge list. There's so many beautiful hikes to do in New Zealand. Like I would say that you need like at least two months to do it right mm-hmm. and to plan everything and be safe. So uh, yeah, so those are on the list for next time. Nice. Awesome. Um, or there's 
Was there anything else about New Zealand that you really liked? Any sites you didn't talk about yet? Any um, really good stories, maybe? Or, I don't know, do they have beaches? Are there weird animals? Do they have neat plants or interesting food? Or Well, you... I'd have to say that New Zealand itself is amazing no matter what you do and where you go. Um, it's just one of these places that are just jaw jaw dropping no matter where you're driving where you're going there's mountains i really enjoyed the ferns yeah <laughs> the ferns are really nice they're huge huge ferns awesome. and they're very healthy i love that <laughs> um i'd say their campgrounds are pretty awesome and you know middle of nowhere not usually busy um one thing you do have to keep in mind when you're camping is they don't have showers at their campsites maybe one out of 10 one out of 20 will and they'll often be cold <laughs> i think we had one or two hot showers so teanu on the way to melford sound you can pay i think it's two to five dollars for a hot shower and one more campground that was in not christchurch was it I forget. One of the campgrounds had a hot shower. So that's one thing to keep in mind. Uh, you know, wet wipes and to make the most out of gyms and, <laughs> yeah. you know, wherever you can get a, a hot shower, you'll have to do that. Um, as far as cool stuff, um, yeah, there's a lot of stuff. Like there's this one, one tour that we were going to do and we didn't get to do uh, as a glow warm cave tour. Oh, yeah. And that sounds awesome. yeah, one of the only places in the world that still has glow warms and it's basically in an underwater cave and you go with your tour on a little floaty and you have other tour options. You can rappel down into the cave and then, and do that. So it's about an hour or two to $80 per person. So it was a bit pricey. We just ran out of time, but I would definitely recommend, I think it was called the Wangaray, Wangaray glow warm cave tour. Cool. Yeah, there's two of them in New Zealand, so you can check that out. Um, I would have liked to have done some surfing because I know there's some good good spots. There's a lot of good beaches in the north. So Auckland, okay. north of Auckland, that's where the beaches are. That's where the beaches are. There's yeah. beaches all over uh, New Zealand, but a lot of the beach, because it's warmer up there and you're getting all the currents from the ocean, it created these large sandbars and cool yeah so that would have been we didn't uh, we camped our last night in new zealand there before flying out of auckland um so we were able to see those beaches we went up walked to the beach the next day but uh we'd like to explore that a bit more mm. um another thing i wish we would have done is um in the north island is known um it was rotorua so Rotorua is actually a pretty decent sized city, but all around there, it's uh, very, there's a lot of native culture and that's where all the volcanic activity is. So a lot of like hot springs and mud pits and mm -hmm. it actually one of the parks we had to pay, I think it was $50 per person to go in just to see the natural attractions. And I'm not a fan of people making me pay to go see nature. <laughs> so I think I, I, I was pretty upset about that. So we didn't end up going because we're like, oh, we'll get to experience stuff like that elsewhere. Uh, but you know, it, time, time was an issue. And so I wish we would have went into that and paid the money because it actually had the youngest new 
uh, volcanic zone in the world. So oh, it had yeah. it had just opened up. That's cool. Uh, within the last year, a and baby so volcano. yeah, a little baby volcano. <laughs> <so> yeah, cute. <laughs> it bites though. So. Yeah. <laughs> Um, but other than that, there wasn't too, too much we missed out more. It was more, again, it was more time was an issue. Mm-hmm. And, you know, with more time, we would have been able to maybe camp near a big hike and prep for it mm-hmm. and then go on it. Um, you know, because a few of the times we were planning on a big hike and the weather was not good. And, you know, you you don't know about these hikes. You get to the town and I think one, oh, that's where it was. Arthur's Pass. Mm. Arthur's Pass is this insane highway that goes between insane mountains and that it's like it's it's, it's kind insane. of it's insane yeah <laughs> so, but it's it's very intense and you know you hear all these people talking about hikes out there you get there and it's there's a bunch of advisories against hiking when it's even raining when it's cloud covered like it's it's this is intense even stuff just cloud cover. Wow. this is intense stuff like that's one thing that kind of took me got caught me off guard when we were in New Zealand was how intense and dangerous these hikes were. Yeah. Like it's not for the faint of heart. They're pretty decent sized mountains. Like, yep. And active volcanic. Yep. There's a lot, a lot to keep in in mind. And you know, if you don't know the area, you don't know where you're going. It it could get ugly real fast. I could see it being one of those places. um, Like when we were in Iceland where it might be a good idea to go on some of those tours and, or have a guide, yeah. you know, maybe pay the little extra money just or to know be sure local. that you're safe. Or a know someone the, who lives yeah. locally who can take you. A yeah. lot of the time I, when I hear people went on hikes, they knew they had a friend. Yeah. Or they were dating someone from there and they yeah. knew the area they'd been on it with their family, etc. But yeah. So, yeah. So, definitely some of the hikes would have liked to see. And other than that, didn't really miss much in the cities. That's good. Cities are cities. And uh, just you, driving was nice. Yeah. Did you end up doing any cultural type things because usually you love the cultural stuff you love to yeah, meet locals and I do. hear all about them and it was pretty we didn't get to do anything there was this one it's place kind of a time crunch eh? it was not only a time crunch but it, it's I, I i gauge what i do by a, a gut feeling yeah and it is very strange it, it's it's never happened to me where i'd have a gut feeling so often where i'm like oh i don't know if we should do this oh i don't know if we should do yeah. this New Zealand really put me in my place. Mm. And, you know, I have to think, too, that it wasn't just me. I was there with my ex and her friend. Mm-hmm. And, you know, like, they're, they're capable of, of doing the hikes, but they're definitely not as active or as intense as I was for a lot mm-hmm. of this stuff. So I had to keep that in mind. Um, as far as the cultural stuff, I remember seeing uh, I was kind of like a, a camp or like a, mm-hmm. on, near Rotorua again. And they do like a big dance presentation. Right, yeah. And unfortunately, they were closed when we were in the area, and we just we just had to keep going. Mm-hmm. So that's I, I guess that would be another thing I'd like to yeah. really like to experience when going to the North Island. Yeah. Is is to experience that cultural. It's a feast. Yeah. You basically you pay. I think it's a hundred or hundred twenty dollars for the day. Yeah. Uh, you get to see how they lived, and and you know the. The, and they have all the art and the structures. Yeah, is it the Maori? The Ma- Maori, yeah. Mm-hmm. I think it's the Ma- Maori. And uh, yeah, and then you have a nice feast with them. And so it, that looked pretty neat. Very cool, yeah. Yeah, because I know even when you were just in Australia, you had a lot of fun just meeting new people and 
you always love to get immersed in whatever culture Definitely. you're around. So yep. cool. Awesome. Um, all right. Last question. <laughs> so much awkward singing. <laughs> Uh, any final tips slash advice for traveling New Zealand or even just like your top three things to remember or something or yeah. top three things to do, whatever dealer's choice. <laughs> I'd say if you can manage, excuse me, if you can manage, um, I'd give yourself a month per Island. So a month for the South Island month for the North Island. And with that amount of time, I think you could cover a good amount of New Zealand. So that's a big thing is if you have the time in your life, use it. If not, you can do both islands in two weeks. Yep. Uh, it's possible. Uh, just be prepared to do a lot of driving. Mm-hmm. Or better yet, you know. If you have the money, you could just fly. You could fly, yeah. But if you got your camper van. Yeah. And there's actually, and here's a thing to elaborate on this tip. With the camper van, there's a ferry that goes between the islands, between the islands nice. which is actually one of the recommended things to do in New Zealand. And I'm, oh, okay. Because yeah, it's just beautiful. Yeah, you take cool. the ferry. Yeah. And then I guess you could relax. Yeah. Not like the driving. <laughs> yeah. And um, so that's one thing. And, you know, again, on the time is if you only have two weeks, maybe instead of doing both, you only do, on one. do one. And I would recommend the South Island. You do South Island two weeks and then maybe in a year or two, you come back and do the North Island in two weeks. Yeah. You know, that's that would be a good recommendation for time. Um, other recommendation is uh, if you're low on cash or if budget is a, a thing, uh, definitely look at the camping <laughs> and getting the camping pass, cooking your own food. And always. Yeah. Pl- yeah, always cooking your own food and planning and prepping for showers because... If you're too fancy and you don't want to get in the lake or freezing cold waters to clean yourself... It might not be a good option. Not a good option. Yeah. So you have to be prepared that if you're on a budget, you will be show- not be showering for a day or two, yep. sometimes three. Yeah. Um, you know, and <laughs> you have to prep for that. Yeah. It's like when I was in Mongolia and... We were staying with the family there and all the other girls were like, oh my gosh, this washroom situation. Oh, I need a shower. And I'm like, oh, I've gone so much longer without a shower. Yeah. Oh, I've been in so many worse washroom situations. Yeah. And they just looked at me like, what? And I'm like, I'm a geologist. I'm really outdoorsy. Yeah. <laughs> it's fine. Get into situations, you <laughs> it's know. It's fine. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, that's a really, really good tip because not all, all of us would think of showering and and what that situation may be like. Definitely. Um, any final? Well, another points? recommendation yeah. I could think of: um, be humble when it comes to hikes. Yes. Get prepared and ask the locals, yeah. especially the rangers. And you go to the information centers yeah. and you tell them your plan. And if if you're deciding you're going, at least tell the local. Uh, they often have like. Um, information station where they have rangers where you can tell them and you sign in there's like a sign in book where like we're going this is our route so at least then they they know where to look for yeah you. and if you're and you say we're planning in, on being back by this day and you know so at least then they'll send a party to come look after you if it's been a week we'll say and um so be humble when it comes to hikes be prepared maybe start with just the couple hour hikes you know to, to start see small. start small yeah it's a 
I mean, at least for us in Canada, it's new plants, new animals, new terrains, things that we would have never seen before. Um, being a coastal situation as well, you're going to get really varying weather. It probably changes pretty frequently, yeah. I would imagine. Yep. So it's uh, there's a lot of stuff that to look out for that you might not necessarily be prepared for normally. Yeah. Respect the mountains. You might not even think of normally. So yeah, that's a good tip for sure. And uh, I think last but not least, if uh, you so happen to be in New Zealand, especially the South Island in winter, so that would be peak season winter would be in August, uh, definitely go check out the big four um, ski resorts. Uh, Coronet Peak, Cardrona, um, Treble Cone, and you know, you got Mount Hutt out there, and which one was the other one? Anyways, they have, they have so many hills. I would recommend Treble Cone myself. Uh, the lifts bring you right to the peak, and this is right by Wanaka Lake. You can actually see Wanaka Lake from nice. the peak, and it's honestly probably the coolest resort, ski resort I've ever been on. It's barely any tracks. It's all fresh powder, runs everywhere. You can hike along the, the peak summits and go. You have unlimited out-of-bounds territory to explore, so... Yeah, for you skiers slash and snowboarders, get out there. And it's cheaper in the winter too. So Yeah, less tourists, I yeah. guess. Uh, so, and before I finish with that is um, if you want to access those snowboard hills, I recommend flying into Queenstown, New Zealand. So Queenstown is the adrenaline capital of the world. Uh, <laughs> bungee jumping was invented there. Oh. You can go skydiving. Okay. Um... You have the four big ski resorts. You have a really, really good city with amazing nightlife. Mm -hmm. So for all the adrenaline. <laughs> for all the adrenaline, you got it. Yeah. So you you fly into Queenstown, and then you can Wanaka's about an hour and a half away. And between that, you have four ski resorts to Jeez. choose from. Okay. Yep. Good to know. Awesome. All right. Well, thank you, Remy, for joining us again. You're welcome. My pleasure. Yeah, it was fun. Um, we've got some other trips to talk about in the future, so it should be fun having you on every now and again. Definitely. Um, thanks, everybody, for listening. We really appreciate it. Uh, if you like this episode, please feel free to give us a good rating. Maybe share with your friends. It helps us make more episodes in the future. Yeah, and reach out maybe, too. Yeah, you can reach out. You, you can leave us questions? a voice message. <laughs> uh, just follow the link in um, in the show notes for to, how to leave us a voice message. Uh, you can also check us out on Instagram. It's the Average Hiker Podcast on Instagram. I'm putting up pictures from all of our trips up there. So definitely check it out if you want to see some actual photos and not just my verbal descriptions of things. Yeah. <laughs> I got a couple pictures for you. Ah, oh, perfect. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> all right. And go there for Remy's picture. Yeah. <laughs> all right. Thanks again, guys. Bye.